Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. BuddyCast has been brought to you by Lead by a Magician. Braden Daniels has over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and training and coaching. Braden uses his magic to engage, empower, and transform leaders across industries through his thought-provoking keynotes and workshops. Learn how to make your next meeting magical by emailing Braden at BradenDaniels.com. Well, the world has still gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy. But there's still buddy cats. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody. Here on Buddy Cats. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Happy Friday, buddies. It's another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. <laughs> your host, Nick Sorensen. And joining me today are two very special buddies, Steve and Julie Bernstein. How are you guys doing today? Hey! Very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping on and being buddies on BuddyCast. Our pleasure. Nice to see you. So, for those who may not be familiar, you guys are the masterminds behind the music for a lot of different television shows: Animaniacs, Freakazoids, Tiny Toons. Um, Let me start off the whole show by asking: How did you? What generated your interest in music? Oh boy. I think it's inborn with us. Yeah. Uh, we both started pretty early. I don't know. Um, we're both we're both classical pianists, or mm-hmm. I we started on classical piano. That is not to say that we are performance ready, but we both <laughs> trained as just learned classical piano growing up. And I started when I was five, I think. And, and uh, that age yeah, too. and. Uh, we both studied uh, in college. We both uh, studied yes. music composition. This is true. We did not go to the same college. We no. did not know each other. We just <laughs> mm-hmm. happened to have a few things in common. Yeah. Those are those are them. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of been uh, a lifelong. I mean, I remember my uh, family uh, gathering around the piano and singing songs. I mean, it, it seems like uh, about a century and a half ago, but uh, that's what we would do. And it was it was my mom played the piano. Your mom played the piano. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, so it came from musical families. Yeah, music was always a big thing, but but there it it made a real difference to I think I'm sure to you and to me, you know, like having music be even more important in our lives. So there was just some kind of spark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then so going down the road, what led to you deciding you want to go into composing to create music to create the songs and. Uh, or, or orchestral. Yeah. I, I think that um, I, well, because we're different, we have different. Yeah, you can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but 
friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started writing when I was little, just sort of making up things on the piano as a very young composer would. And this is before I knew how to write music. And my mother, who barely knew how, was so excited because she thought I was going to be Mozart. Like a little <laughs> Mozart. And so I have these, it's really great because I have, I still have them on music paper that she found, but like she wrote the notes that I was writing, the stems and the beams, you know, part of the writing of notes are sort of backwards because she wasn't a, she wasn't an actual composer, but she did write some down. So I just sort of, it was natural. I started composing and then ended up learning about composing in school. That's how, where it began for me. Yeah, I, I, uh, it was kind of similar for me. I mean, I playing piano from an early age, it sort of seemed like a natural kind of outgrowth of that. And now, I don't know that I started writing things down and getting actual performances until high school. Um, I sang in a couple of the school's choirs. We had an excellent music director. And um, I started arranging and, and, and writing compositions for the groups that I sang in. And the, uh, the choir director, who remains a friend of mine, he, uh, he encouraged me to do this. And, we, and he, he actually conducted a lot of my music and, that we sang. And that got me kind of started as as uh mindset that oh I, I can actually write music i can get it perform people appreciate it i appreciate it so it's a, it's an outgrowth of our musicianship yeah. i think and then as far as cartoons go i know i i remember my thinking in college when i was studying music and getting toward the end and thinking uh-oh now what because there there was at the time no clear path you could get a degree in music and then not know what to do with it. It's not like you then go and get an internship. At the time, there wasn't really an, anything to do. And I remember thinking, hmm, what are the different things one can do with an orchestral background? And it occurred to me, cartoons. Oh, and I remember, I remember the moment that I had that thought. It was somewhere toward the end of college, but then it left my brain. I forgot all about it. And then as things happened, once I was out in the world, we met this person, that person, and ended up actually writing cartoons. I never gave it a thought in terms of writing <laughs> cartoons. Well, <laughs> uh, we both ended up in kind of graduate studies in film scoring and arranging. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it was at that time where uh, I was introduced to the USC scoring film scoring project that that was it was a pilot year. So I was one of the guinea pigs, and uh, that's when I kind of thought, well. After getting my, I got my master's at USC, and just as I was approaching the end, you know, getting getting the degree and everything, I didn't know what I was going to do. Thing, you know? Yeah, and and mm -hmm. uh, and my uh, professor said, you know, we got this thing that's just starting up. Why don't you look at that? Um, and that in was in the film program. In the film program, and yeah. and uh, and I I didn't look back. Once, once I got into it, it's a thrill to to write for the image. Steve was at USC doing the film program there. And sort of the same time, I was in a private study that was much less expensive, but the <laughs> same program. It was a film scoring program. It was really at the beginning of these things. And um, some of the teachers that were at expensive and very chic USC were coming over to my school, which was the Dick Rove School of Music. And the same teachers teaching the same courses. So it's Had I known. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't pay what Steve paid. No. Anyway. 
But uh, right. yeah, so yeah, we we try. I think we both kind of stumbled into the cartoon end of things. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's it's good work. And it definitely seems like that. It definitely seems like a fun career, you know. Yeah, it's. it's I, I'll tell you the truth. It's fun, especially once the music's written. Mm-hmm. The actual work of it is very, very difficult, challenging work. But, but once it's, it's the- written and hearing it played is just there, and seeing it with the picture, it's just nothing fantastic. like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where like it's like building a it's like building a tower, you know. Once it's might be stressful building it or it might be a long process, but once it's done, once you see the fruit of your works, you couldn't be prouder. And yeah. it's kind of like building a tower with no blueprint. Yeah. To start. You kind of have to start with a, with a foundation that you think might work and and eventually you get the tower built. And like, oh, our wow. our yeah. blueprint is always because when we're wow. working on, you know, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, these things we have we have the picture we have the story. Yeah. We have the animation. We have the, that's the our acting. Then, and that's how we know what to write. And because mm-hmm. because it changes very quickly, you end up writing in a lot of different styles because you start writing and then all of a sudden you're in a new scene and maybe it has to be funny, but then it's serious and scary. It's a lot of different styles. Yeah. So it definitely gives us a framework, but then you, you're still, yeah. you know, we look at that. We we call it the terror of the blank page. Was we, you know, you, we start looking at the video with with no music, obviously, and just the dialogue, and we think, oh my goodness, what am I going to write? Uh, and it, 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 then we then we start uh, relying on the craft to get us going, and hopefully some art sneaks in. You know, nice, love it. Now, before we go into all the themes, I got to ask, how did you two meet? Like, how did you two create this team? Or so? Uh, well, we first we got married. We met. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Well, no, first we were introduced by somebody who thought we had a lot in common. And what we have in common is our background in music and both being composers. Mm-hmm. Everything else, we have nothing in common. <laughs> we're sort of opposite. That's an exaggeration, I would well, say. Well, yeah. very but opposite. But opposites attract. Opposite, yes. but, but the friend that introduced us was right. We do have a lot in common in terms of composing and some of our background. And so, um, but... You were going to say. What was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, well, okay. So we we had the great fortune to one thing led to another, and we ended up working with Rich Stone on actually, Steve was working on. I started on Tasmania. And then Rich took us over to Animaniacs when he was given that job. And I orchestrated it first, and Steve was his uh, writing uh, partner. Uh, yeah, we, we wrote the show for a while, and then we had to keep bringing people in because there were more series spinoffs, and and the schedule got insane. So um, well, every, that's when- it was like a party, and everybody yeah. uh, kind of got their assignments. And Julie uh, started writing a lot of songs and some- and I actually wrote songs on the original series. We don't, we don't work on the songs on this one. But in terms of working like buddies, since we're talking buddies, we um for this show and always for Animaniacs, we we don't work together. We work separately. On we each the have same our show. own writing spaces. We're in my space right now. Julie's is down yes, the hall. Yeah, yeah. she has the grand piano. I have the controller here. But we um <laughs> we write separately for the same show. But we have written actually as a team of writers writing together we have worked on shows we did we, baby looney tunes side by side, side, by side, the same side writing. yeah which, which is an uh, an unusual type of thing for two composers unusual <laughs> is an understatement yeah it's, <laughs> <laughs> but we managed to do it we, we we kind of found each other's strengths 
and uh, and we're able to rely on on our complementary uh, skills um, to to get the job done because uh, again the deadlines were insane. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, with it, but, but with for example, Animaniacs, we will get a show and we will spot it together. We'll look at it and we'll divide it up into sort of minute, minute and a half cues, and then we will. If, if we're going to have themes, we will work on the themes together. We'll come up with themes and then mm -hmm. we'll go into our separate spaces and write on our own. So there's a little mm -hmm. bit of, of actual collaboration. Also a very important thing when we're putting a show together is from, from cue to cue that we write, um, we need to weave them together. So we need to know when you're ending one cue, you need to know what the next person started theirs with. We don't want you to hear the seams. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we we aim for seamlessness. seamlessness. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So when you're create, you mentioned like themes. When you're creating themes like the Animaniacs, what was what was your thought process? When well, just just to, to make sure that we're all all clear, we didn't write the main uh, mm. title song for Animaniacs. That was mm. uh, the music was by Richard Stone. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our late good friend. And uh, the, the lyrics, the original lyrics were from Tom Ruger, who created the original show. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but given that, there there is a theme for the trio that Rich Stone wrote, and we all sort of worked on. Uh, trio being on Dot. I have to put mm -hmm. this in a prominent place. Oh, here, I can't do that. There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there yeah. we are. Uh, the camera? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, there were themes in the original show. Yeah, for this reboot, we have written additional themes for additional characters. Uh, there, there are different cast members now uh, as supporting characters, so we wrote those themes. But in terms of the main title, boy, I wish I'd have written that song. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a were definite there, worm. For our audience out there, were there any themes that you actually got to write? Were there any, like, that you're, you pride yourself over? Or are you just... Um, well, you mean like a main title theme? Yeah. Or well, uh, not for not for mm -hmm. Animaniacs. We did not yeah. write Sneaky in the Bay for, or Animaniacs. Yeah. Well, we, we wrote the uh, the title song for a show called Toonsylvania, mm. um, which was a while back. Uh, we we worked on it. We did a show uh, called Make Way for Nadi and O D D Y mm. and Baby Looney Tunes. And Baby Looney. Well, we didn't write that main title. No, we didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> um, but Pennsylvania and Make Way for Naughty, we certainly did, and and we actually did the the lyrics for Make Way for Naughty, which was uh, which was really fun, and we we do lyrics as well when we're given an opportunity. We we enjoy that a lot. But uh, in terms of main main titles, yeah. But but for a, a show like Animaniacs, the old show and this one too, there are lots of songs, and the yes. old in the old show we were involved in writing the songs. Yes. In this show, we've just been um, involved in the underscore. Mm -hmm. But we do have, like you said, uh, well, there are thematic tunes, little two to four bar, eight bar bits that we use for different characters. There's a, the new CEO for the new show that we wrote a theme for. That We wrote music for Ralph, who needs a theme. Ralph the guard. Uh, who else do we have? Um, just any of any character that comes in, it just it yeah. makes oh Julia it, it, it makes um, for a consistency in the music when you have thematic material for a character. Love it. Let's build up for that. When you introduce a new character, what are the thoughts that go into your elements? Like, what are the things that, like, okay, here's how this character is going to sound. Like, here's how 
this is either going to be like a very serious theme or something totally wacky or something well, like we'll that. Base it on, on the character. I mean, we when we get the, the tape or the, it's not tape anymore, when we get the video, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we watch the show and, you know, I know um, I'm thinking of, uh, oh, uh, Brain last in the first season of the reboot, he made basically what turned out to be kind of a mechanical son. Uh, and we did a theme that was, it was, a, he was a very dark character and turns out to be not so nice. And we made a theme that, that was in an, a low register of the English horn, which is kind of plaintive and a little bit um, not your cheeriest kind of sound. And uh, so things like that, uh, Brain's female counterpart that turns up later, I think, in the first step, first series, or in the first uh, year of the reboot, it was hard to keep track. Uh, she, turned, she started out as a, as a perfectly nice character. We started her theme, her melody, in a very kind of nice uh, harmony and, you know, kind of very pleasant. And then she goes berserk. She kind of goes she berserk. berserk. And we so actually, we designed the theme to be played at the same time as the pinky and the brain theme so that we're, when they're both at each other, uh, we play, we can play both themes and you hear them both at once. And it's kind of a musical illustration of kind of what's happening dramatically. That's, but the, that's but ideal. I think the answer to your question is that depending on the character, you know, mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's a scary character, we're going to write something that is, that gives you a scary emotion. It's, it's based on the emotional, uh, character yeah the feelings the emotions i mean ralph the guard was really funny because he's a goofy character kind of slow so we wrote this kind of goofy slow little tune for him which seems to work i think Mm -hmm. i hope Mm -hmm. that answers the question yes so yeah so another question i have for you is there anything upcoming that you guys can let us in on anything that you've been working on that's a two-part question is there anything Mm -hmm. upcoming yes we can't tell you about it ah (laughs) Not yet. Nice. Not yet. Now I we'll we'll find out when we can talk about it. Then you'll definitely hear about it. But um, so far, you know, um, we're relaxing and luxuriating in our time off right now because it's a very intense schedule. Uh, so you know, we're kind of, we're kind of kicking back and uh, and trying, trying to get the time. juices to flow. Yeah, so we can hop back in when we're writing. It's it's um, sort of constant, and it's mm-hmm. and you get into a flow and it's uh, fortunately you always think that you can't, you always think like Steve was saying, the blank page, you look at it and you think, Oh no, I don't know what to write. And then you just start, you start writing and then it starts to come. It starts to flow, believe it or not. It's It's a very strange process. And we also both have talked about writing some concert music um, back to our roots. And we, we wrote classical, classical serious concert music, uh, which and I we continue contend, to. And I contend that the, the cartoon music that we write is classical. Well, that's true. It's just serious, in, in little bits. It's serious music. Like when when Pinky and the Brain is very, very serious and and sometimes it's it's can be very, very emotional. And it, the only thing is that since it is in an animated short, we don't get to expand it. Mm-hmm. It's not an expanded piece of music, but um yeah, but when, there, when there's a chase, when there's there. some, when there's some really real drama right. happens, yeah. we can kind of let loose. Yeah, it's dramatic. It's yeah. really fun to write dramatic music. Yeah, definitely. Nice, nice. Yeah. Another quick question that just popped in my mind: If you guys, you mentioned like at first it's kind of hard, you know, all that stuff. If you guys ever have a, like writer's block, 
what are some things that you do to you know help the help to get in the clogs flow we said you know, go, to the, have, go to the kitchen i was about to say i have one word and that's eat yeah, go to the writer's block the answer to writer's block is to go to the kitchen open the refrigerator and just look yeah and that and think, then somehow that starts to unblock it or i was going to mm -hmm. say chocolate yeah well, chocolate that, is really good for that we're getting more specific but i think that the main thing is to get away from your situation because a lot of times the the brain will keep working i'm convinced that it works subconsciously yeah. when you're doing something else because I will have epiphanies of, oh, that's what this scene needs. And then I can come in and actually write the scene. And we also, since we are on the buddy cast, we also will play for each other what we're writing, just sort of to get the feedback. Because mm -hmm. really, it can be really helpful if you don't think that what you're doing is working and you show it to the other person, they'll, they may say, yeah, that's great. It works. And then- that, Or you're right. That's that, not working. What? Yeah. I was about to say, or it could be the- it could even be the exact opposite. You could think you got a masterpiece here and they could be like, this is terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, exactly. We try to meet somewhere in the middle, hopefully. Well, I was like, yeah. you know, sometimes you just, you're working on something and you, you get that block and you think you thought it was good, but now you're looking and you're saying, oh God, this is not working. And if Steve comes in and says, oh, I like it, then I will just run with what he says. Because I obviously, I was hitting a, a brick wall and then he said, no, it's right. Then I can continue. Yeah. Sometimes you need that you get, other person I, to say, you're on the right track. We can get a little self-critical, I think. You get so inside the music that you need another perspective sometimes to kind of pull you back and say, no, this, this is working. Or this almost works. What about this? And, and then, of know, course, the, ul the ultimate feedback is when we've written the music, we send it for... Um, for approval. For approval, we send it to our producer. And um, our producer will send back some notes sometimes that are just so right that we wish we had known first. Like he may say, mm -hmm. you know, I want to continue that dramatic feeling longer. Don't, it does, even though Pinky did that funny thing there, don't stop because we're going to stay with Brain the whole time and his drama or yeah, something. It's, it's really, I don't want to say annoying, but it's remarkable how many times the producer is right. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, he, like we're inside the music, he's inside the story and has been working with the writers and the animators the whole time. We're kind of the icing on, on whatever cake he's, ba he's baked. So mm -hmm. he knows inside and out what the ingredients are and where he wants to go with it. So it's a big help when we get those notes. See, food is really important. And <laughs> like I think that cake, cake, cake really is yeah. a good thing to have around at all times. Yeah. And brownies, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you hear that, buddies? Whenever you have writer's block, whenever you have just that moment where you need to step away, go get something to eat. You know. <laughs> I think we're gonna get in trouble for. <laughs> for eh something that's probably unhealthy no but you can always go and get something healthy to eat you you know? that's true yeah, that's yeah you can true. always get the, you can always have an apple a vegetable a fruit okay, you know yes yeah yes. we're not promoting unhealthy habits here we're just <laughs> saying right. just go get something to eat that's right yeah, there you go. <laughs> so and that brings up another question outside of writing what do you guys like to do like what are some of your hobbies and so like that outside? outside of writing no, just well it's it sort of seems like when we're writing it's 24 hour, it's you know, it's 24 seven and that's all we do. So, mm -hmm. and then, because usually I think that most projects are, there's, if there's a due date, you don't know how long it's going to take you. 
you know, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't really predict how long and what blocks you're going to come across, uh, come upon and how quickly you can write. And so you just sort of have to keep going until the due, due date. And we're so very grateful that with something like Animaniacs that we've been working on, there are many episodes. And so we just, we have a recording session, let's say every couple of weeks, we set the date and then we finish that one and we go on to the next one. So while we're working, we may not be doing a whole lot else, but. But there is, there is a, a however built into this. I mean, one of my hobbies is gardening. Um, mm. I, love, I love my garden. I, I uh, designed and had planted uh, a, um, a drought tolerant um, big section of our yard that, that is, uh, which I love. And we just harvest, harvested some pomegranates from our tree That's the exciting. other day, which was nice. Mm. So there's the That's garden. There's, we, we go now that we're allowed to, and it's safer. We've all been inoculated appropriately. That mm-hmm. we, uh, we, we're starting to go, to, to go to the theater. Um, we're play going and concert going and seeing. It's always good. And always good to get out of the house, you know. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. you know, last year was insane because everybody was inside all the time, basically. Or mm-hmm. we go for walks to get to get our bodies moving and to actually yeah. experience. The outside world. Uh, so there's that, but I mean, you know, during during the um, the quarantine period, I and mean, yeah, we're lucky that we had this work to do because we could kind of hunker down in here and, and get the job done. We're we're locked in the house anyway when we're yeah. working. Yeah. Except for except for usually we have a um at the end of the two or three week period we have a recording session, which would have been at the studio. But over the past almost two years, we have been recording remotely. So that's been interesting. We have our live players who have all been playing from their particular homes. And, and each one of them sends their own individual audio track to us. And we need to make sure that it assembles correctly and we can we need to move parts around. We do that and uh, we, we get it, it set and we, we edit it. And then it goes to our engineer who puts his brilliant touches into it. And it comes out hopefully sounding like it's in the same room, but there's nothing like live recording. Yes. And we're told that uh, it's very possible that we'll be back in the studio live uh, for season three. So. Glad to hear that. Glad yeah. to hear that. And that was what that was a good follow up question. Has the pandemic played an impact on your work? Like, has it helped you guys? Like you said, you've been locked down, you know, you're already in the house. So it's not made that much of a difference or has it been something where, like you said, there's nothing like a live recording, you know, well, the the process of remote recording is a lot more involved because there's a lot more preparation that has to go into uh, into readying the, the materials for the players ahead of time. It's, just, it's days and on either side. Yeah, a couple takes, days on either side. It so. takes away about four four of the days that we would have been writing. So it, it had that, that's the deleterious negative effect that it had. But um, what was nice for us is that we were so busy during the really extreme part of this pandemic that we barely noticed it because we were so busy working on this. So we didn't notice it while we're working that it was a pandemic. So that was a very wonderful thing for us. But when it comes to the recording, not being able to go to the studio and hear the musicians live and see our musicians and that's that's no, a sadness. Like not being able to go to the party. The party was canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, it's been a real, there was quite a learning curve when we first mm-hmm. started this because we're used, we're not, weren't used to it. Now we are, we've been doing this for many, many episodes. And so we now 
No, the whole process has been honed down and it only takes us a few days, a couple days on either side of the recording date to make it happen. So, so we have to plan our writing schedule uh, accordingly. So, you know, mm -hmm. a, a little bit more pressure on that end, but uh, we're grateful for the technology that's let us do this. Oh, that's amazing. We did two and yeah. a half episodes in, in the uh, studio recording live with the players. Mm -hmm. And then they shut us down. At the beginning. It was mid-March. They shut us down and they said, no, we got to record remotely. And mm -hmm. so the rest of season one and all of season two was done remotely. Awesome. Hey, you're right. Technology helps. Hey, technology gave me what I have today with BuddyCast. Like I would have, exactly. you know, I would have never thought I was going to have this podcast until just seeing all the behind the scenes stuff as someone who works for the news station, you know, seeing all the behind the scenes stuff, all the nasty comments and all that. I'm like, this world just needs some feel good stories, you know, yeah, just needs like some buddies. Cause that's what sounded like you missed the most out of all this was your buddies, you yeah. know, seeing all the people, like seeing all the, no question. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're really lucky because we have each other. Yeah. And I know a lot of composers and a lot of people that are working on their own. So we're very lucky that we have each other, mm -hmm. but we really do miss our um, group of 35, 40 people that we used to see every few weeks. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll see them soon again. But yeah, yeah. everybody is really, yep. really looking forward to that. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. No, we knew, we do definitely need some some feel good aspects to our life, and this is great. How long have mm -hmm. you been doing the buddy cast? This is actually our 185th episode. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. We've right. actually we've had some pretty notable guests. We've had um, actor and comedian Sinbad on the show yeah. um, before he had a stroke, so we still continue to hope he's doing. Wow, yeah, he yeah. had a stroke about a year ago, so and not much has been released on it. So, yeah. but um, we've had Stephen Tobolowski from Groundhog Day. Awesome. Um, we've had John Mahon from the Elton John Band. Oh, His, cool. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we have we've had quite a few people like Dougie Doug from Cool Runnings. Uh -huh. Um, Bob West, the voice of Barney. Oh, Barney! Oh, no kidding. Yeah, well, we've had a whole handful of people. But We're at the same time, with, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go, no, okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're yeah, good no, Well, so we're, we're we're friendly with uh, with one of the guys who used to write the. I was the head writer for Barney, I think, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's an unknown connection. Yeah. yeah. What I love what I love most about this show is I get to meet interesting people like you guys. You know, like I get to meet like composers. I get to meet. And I honestly just started the show thinking it's going to be a regular Mon Pod podcast where I'm going to talk to anybody. Like I'm going to talk to, you know, my first episode was with my girlfriend who's sitting, you know, on the couch over by the side to me. And, <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, we talked about long distance relationships. And then I was thinking like, you know, let's talk to like the local piano teacher. What wakes you up every morning and makes you continue to play songs on the piano or you know, talk to the artist who, or the small business owner who, especially now in this time, is getting hit left and right oh, yeah. and say, like, just what keeps you going? Like, what keeps you motivated to that hope that things are going to get better and that you're going to be back in business one day and it's going to come back strong? Like, what what keeps you waking up every morning, continuing to do what you do? I think it's a very natural feeling. The spirit, yes. you know, having that, like, waking up in the morning, go, up, oh, not it's another day. Exactly. And here we go, and yeah. let's, you know, it's, I think that it's natural. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got a story, which is the, the cool thing. Yeah. Exactly. No matter, no matter what they do, there's how they got there, what they think about what they're doing, and, you know, how that relates to the world. Exactly. Everybody's got that. Yeah. yeah. 
everybody's got a story and that's what we want to do we want to hear that story we want to hear like like i asked you in the beginning why did you go into music in the first place like what inspired you or why do you wake up and continue to do what you do every single day you know when you've got a two-week deadline and you're staring at that blank piece of paper or you're trying to figure out what next you know deadlines deadlines are very nice because they're so so you have to meet them you have to meet a deadline so there, there is something very good about that but i find music even forget about work forget about you know deadlines um i listen to a lot of music and it's just it i don't know how i would live without it i i Mm. could not live without it it is a it's Part of the fabric of who we are. Yes. Yeah. Both yeah. grew up with it as part of our inside beings. You know? Yes. So, so much, there's it. so much amazing music that's been written over the many, many, you know, hundreds of years. And it's just, it gets into you. It takes you somewhere else. It takes mm-hmm. you somewhere else. And it's just such an amazing thing. So that's yes. it's a huge part, even aside from work. It's yeah. a huge part of my life too. My girlfriend can attest. I listen to some of the same music over and over again. Like, All the time. like one of my favorite songs is uh, "Gonna Fly Now," the Rocky theme. Oh yeah, you know, by mm-hmm. Bill Conti. And it just that song can take me from just dead tired. I don't want to deal with today. I am just ready to go home and go to bed. To I will play that song and I'll be like, okay, round two, come on, let's go. I need you, yeah. Bell. Let's go. Let's move. You know, is, yeah, work is, for Rocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That shows, exactly. that shows what a good theme, what a good song that is. The yes. fact that it worked in the film and that it works beyond the film. Yes. I remember I have the um I have the vinyl upstairs. I've I'm a collect, I'm a big vinyl co- collector. And I there in the Rocky one, there was a note from Sylvester Stallone saying, you know, it's very hard to impress me. It's very hard to, you know, get my switch. So they had me meet with Bill Conti, the um you know the guy for rocky and he said like they they played the first song and the hairs on his arms stood up and he's like how is this possible how does this guy know exactly what i want wow. where i want it what it that it's like was and there's like then it hit him That's bill, conti's, bill yeah. conti's italian just yeah. like him sensibility absolutely that's a relationship it's a really important relationship between the person that needs the music and the person Mm -hmm. writing the music is getting to the point you know and it's not always immediate but it but it's finding a the language so that because really as writing music uh we are dealing with something that's abstract You know, it's an abstract thing. And so we, and it's a communication. And so finding what, in our case, what the producers are looking for. What the story calls for, what the story is looking for. But but ultimately the person who's, you know, gets to have created it and, and finding them, there's a communication. And once you find that it starts to, it's, it um, sinks. Mm -hmm. Sinks. And have you guys, have you guys ever had that moment where, you've impressed somebody so well that like you brought them your work and they just screamed like off the bat, yes, this is it. Or Our most recent project was like that. And I sure wish we could tell you about it, but we can say that unusual for producers, you know, we were talking about getting notes about what they need changed. Mm-hmm. We would get a note 
every 10 lines, but all the other nine, nine lines would say compliment and said what they love about what we did here, what they loved about what we did there. It, we never had very, that before. It was it's remarkable. Very, it's very nice to, to have somebody say, yes, that yeah. is it. You got yeah. it. But you know what? It's okay. Even if they don't say that, because you learn it, from it, it's the communication and mm -hmm. you can say, no, that's not right. And say, oh, okay. What, what are we looking for? And it's the finding between words and the abstract music. It's finding that. It's finding what, the middle ground. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's, a, it's a collaborative art. So, you know, we're not the only ones create, uh, um, providing our talents, there are the writers, the animators, the director, everybody else that have put their own personalities, their, their own uh, skills, skills thank you, uh, to, to work on this. And so to, to be a part of that collaboration is really kind of thrilling. Uh, yes. So, you know, when it, something's not quite working, we're very eager to get it right for the producer or, you know, or whoever is saying, because it's, I think the, the end product is well, all the better for it. Well, that's what we're working toward. We, yeah. There's a product that we're working toward. It's different if we were writing just a piece of music for ourselves, then we do whatever we mm -hmm. want. But there's something when you're working with somebody else, collaborating, you can even, it's somehow two heads, three heads are better than one. And four hey, heads, look at, five heads yeah. and 25 heads. Look at the iconic duo of Elton John and Bertie Tompkin, you know? Oh, remarkable, yeah. Remarkable yeah. Like no, it's no. like uh, they describe their relationship as like I can literally hear the tune as you're writing the words. Like I literally know what you want in this. Yeah, and yeah. look how far that's taken them. So you're yeah. absolutely right. It's all about teamwork. It's all about yeah. that yeah. communication. It's and all about that and being, and being open to yes. and flexible. Yes. You know, because you there's so many things one can do. I don't know if you ever, if you ever turned down. We used to do this when I was much younger. We would turn on the TV onto a film mm -hmm. or something and turn down the sound and then put on music and the music would fit and it mm -hmm. and we could put on some other music. I mean, there are many things and probably we have this in our film scoring programs. Each student in the program wrote something else for the same scene. For the same scene. Each person would come up and with it, their own solution. They work differently. And so there really, you, there are many different answers and solutions to what is the right music for something. And, that was really revelatory coming from that. And we had 11 people ultimately in the class writing their, you know, writing 11 different solutions eight. and you had eight. And all, you know, really it came down to 90% of the solutions working, uh, which is like, oh, okay, that takes the pressure off. There is no one right answer. There is a way to approach it that will be successful. But when you're working for somebody, they know what they want. You want to be open to whatever that is and find find what they want and be able to give it to them. And it's very exciting when you do give it to them. When they give you the approval, you feel real good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, buddy, I've got three questions that I ask all my buddies that come on the show. First off, you're not a guest. You guys are buddies. That's <laughs> the name buddy cast. You're okay. my buddies. Yes. So the first question, which is brought to you by our sponsors from hashtag positivity, my buddy Jonas Kane. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? I think being available for the other person, being um, not judgmental of the other person, being open to hear and to do what you can to help their life. Uh, in, in, it's a reciprocal thing, I think. Uh, 
be liking the same things. I mean, buddies, uh, you become buddies because you have sharing. things in common. You share stuff sharing. in common. I like everything you said. And okay. then I'll add sharing. Yeah. yeah. Sharing yourself and being open. Yeah. Being open and to take in what the what your buddy has and also be willing to share what you have. There's a lot of trust involved. I mean, to be able to open up to somebody, it takes mutual trust. And that that uh, evolves into buddyhood. Mm -hmm. yeah. Love it. I always love buddyhood, you know? <laughs> so part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy too. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any charities that you really work with or would want our audience to donate to if you could choose? Yeah, you know, I was think I was thinking about this because, of course, there are some musical. There's so many charities. Yes, there's so many, and we have. I mean, as far as working with, we wrote music for a public service announcement, which we felt very good about, which was um, to alert people, children, and all kinds of people about um, landmines. This was uh, for Cambodia. For landmines. But but that's not that was a something that we worked with. But but um, in terms of charity, I don't have a specific one that I would say honestly. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. I mean at the time I think that it's very relevant right now. The Afghanistan getting there are some charities to get people help people get out of Afghanistan. Oh, absolutely. So that I, would be one of those would be my. Um, for choice. me, I think uh, years ago our son and I. Um, developed a kind of t-shirt company. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I told him I would, this is when he was in his early teens. And I said, look, mm -hmm. we're only going to do this. We're only going to sell stuff if a big part of this can go to charity. charity. And so we chose water.org as the, the charity that, that we um, contribute to. When we get sales, uh, a chunk of those sales goes to water.org. And that it's a worldwide thing, a, a, a big issue around the world, especially in third world countries, is getting fresh water. I mean, we take that for granted. We go to the tap and there it is. But mm -hmm. people in other countries don't have that. And this is this goes to developing the systems necessary for people to have the very basic uh, provisions to to live a, a, a good and healthy life. Yes, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly in that because you're right. We never know what we have taken for granted every day. We just wake up in the middle of the night, you know, fall in the sink, get out of class, Go, go back to bed, you know, yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. right yeah. there. Yeah. We don't realize what we have. And when you realize that people don't have the very basics that, that we take for granted, it's uh, it feels good to be able to contribute to something. There, like that. there are so many, so many um, very, very uh, good charities these days mm -hmm. that one can yes. contribute to, whether here in the United States or abroad. Mm -hmm. Doctors so, Without Borders is another one that's... Uh, because mm -hmm. it is a worldwide no borders kind of thing i think that's the kind of thing that attracts me to these organizations is mm -hmm. we are the same all over the planet yes. um these yes. lines are arbitrary and so let's go past those lines and help out when we can mm -hmm. we're actually big believers here in BuddyCast too about charity um the other month about yeah it was last month because it was um it was heart month um we had a little buddy of ours who na her name was lottie she was born premature um and she's been fighting the odds since day one she's good now except she has three little holes in her heart so mm -hmm. she's eventually going to need surgery when she gets a little stronger 
we heard about it and we were able to raise over one thousand dollars for her so, that's good that's yes good. so we're all about charity here we did a big we used this platform and we did a, a big variety show with magic comedy motivational speaking um we had the guy who fills in for elton john during rehearsals his name is adam chester we had him on the show at the end to sing tiny dancer for her oh, nice. and, oh, yeah right. so we're all about and charity on the show with medicine where it is now she'll be able to get what yes. she needs, which is you know being yes. born now and having a problem is much better than having been born a hundred years ago with this with that kind yes of, you know yes 100 yeah. but now buddies we've come to what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question which is brought to you by lead by a magician and that or by our buddy brandon Braden daniels and that question is let's let's ask about some advice for anybody who wants to go into scoring for anyone who wants to go into composing writing music what's your advice to them study <laughs> learn the language i i always tell people if you want to write a novel you need to know the language you need to know the spelling the grammar the structure then you can get artistic and write your novel and i find the same i think the same i think we both have to share this point of view that with music, you have to know the, the, the language. And listen, listen. listen I mean, if it's lot, music, yeah. listen. And if you want to score films, then it's watching films and seeing what the, you know, if that's Paying studying. Attention. Studying, not necessarily sitting in the classroom and listening. Although there are programs, these days there are so many programs one can do, but it's, it's really the act of listening, watching, listening, and analyzing, seeing how it is that the music worked, what worked, what didn't, why did it work? And it's and, funny because that's often hard to do because if the music's done right, yeah, it, you usually can't pay attention to it. You shouldn't be. It affects you a, subliminally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Steve and I both feel that the music shouldn't be the thing popping out if one is watching the, let's say, a film or a cartoon, whatever it is. It's it's a whole, and so you shouldn't be saying, "Ooh, I like that music right there," because then maybe it's something's wrong but, with that scene right there. But if you're studying the music, that's important to, to yes, really dig it out to, and say, okay, why is this making me yes, sad right here? Yeah. Or what made me laugh besides the, the images? I mean, you know, what, what about the music has helped that or hurt yes. it on the other and side the, of that The great thing is that these days there are so many different programs that one can go into film scoring and music and, and conducting classes, uh, all kinds of stuff. Just I learning, mean, and also aspect. network, get to know people that are involved in the process of making film, not other composers, not other conductors, although that's handy to bounce ideas, experiences off of, but get to know some maybe student directors or, or actual working directors, or producers, writers. Yeah, Steve and I both wrote film, uh, student films. We both scored student films when we were just when we were done with school. But another thing that I always found was really helpful was going to recording sessions. Oh, yeah. Concerts and recording sessions especially, I tried to go as often as possible because you really hear the music being played live and I love rehearsals. Rehearsals are great because you hear, it's not the final version and you can hear what needs to be done. Yeah, there's, there's no one answer, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, but, but if you if you just sort of soak yourself in the, in the thing that you love, have determination because there is no one answer. 
set your set your sights on your goal, but do what you can along the way to further yourself in that and, direction. And be open, be open to, you to know, I mean, <laughs> I for a while was copying music for a jazz orchestra or, you know, I mean, a jazz band. You mm -hmm. can, there are many different things one can do that will eventually help with what you're aiming for. So be open to go sort of take the avenues. And don't, and, say, don't say no. And yeah, a, and yeah. be patient because it's not something that happens right away. And you never know who you will meet, you know, because it, it's, it is difficult to get started in the actual business of it. You know, it's not, or it's not straightforward. It's not a straightforward path. And so there is, patience is a good thing to have. Yeah. That was a beautiful, beautiful answer. So many avenues, but yet you summed it up perfectly take classes study and be open so thank you so much for being here today thank you for being our it was nice to, nice to meet our new buddy yes and you guys are welcome back anytime you have any thank projects you, you want to update us on or something like that just shoot us an email we'll get we you will. on board we'll definitely do yes. that That's great thanks, thanks yes. thank you so nice to meet you absolutely for all my buddies out there these are my buddies julie and steve bernstein please watch the animaniacs watch freakazoid hear their work you'll <laughs> love it i know i love it mm -hmm. but i got one i got actually two favors to ask you before we end the show number one i'll send you the link because i uh, didn't put it in the comments yet but we're okay. up for best podcast in Erie, pennsylvania oh yeah if you wouldn't if you wouldn't mind shooting us a little vote or so for okay. all my buddies out there, vote for BuddyCast. And number two, I ask this to all my buddies who come on the show. Do me one solid favor today and go be someone's buddy. Mm. We'll do. Okay. Yes. That's I And we'll catch everybody here on BuddyCast. Have a good night, Bye. my buddies. Thank you. Yep. When the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past, buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. Don't be lucky to make it, buddy, here on Buddy Cast.